again, it's changing the narrative for these young dancers. And, and we have to learn at a, at a young age that our bodies are valuable and, and, and we need to learn how to take care of ourselves in order to sustain and, and care for ourselves. And so this idea of being balanced um, at a young age as a, as a ballet dancer, I think is, is wildly revolutionary, which is crazy. Um, but I just think for so long, the history of it is just hasn't been that way. Hello, and welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Georgia Canning, also known as the Balanced Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own studios and ballet-related businesses, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience and enjoy the many benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life, full of grace, with a little grit. Most of the time when I do an interview, I upload it onto the computer and write the introduction at a much later date. And often the interviews are done weeks, if not actually months before I even release them. But after speaking to Alex, also known as Ali Mazarol, here I am today writing away only moments after our conversation. And this is how inspiring this remarkable woman is. The best way to describe Ali is remarkable, truly remarkable. Her candid nature is as striking as her aura, which I felt despite her being all the way in New York City whilst I'm in Australia during this interview. And I can't help but leave our conversation feeling like I want to take over the world with her. And by world, I mean world of women, ladies, teens, tweens, the group who have been marginalized and told that their bodies are for others' enjoyment or something to be embarrassed about for, in my opinion, far too long. Well, thanks to people like Ali, that's becoming a notion of the past. Women have woken up and we are now reclaiming our bodies, our space and our rights. You see, there's a topic I've been wanting to cover for quite some time now, and that's periods. Why, you ask? Well, it's a topic that I come across weekly within the four walls of my studio, whether it's a parent coming in to tell me that their daughter won't get out of the car because she just got her period, or a shy student ashamed to wear shorts over her leotard in order to feel more comfortable. I often think to myself, why is everyone so embarrassed and sensitive around this topic? Surely if it happens to all of us, we should be confident and at the very least coherent when talking about periods. What I mean by this is the fact that parents will whisper to me, my daughter got her period and uh, I'm not sure what she should wear or do. Or another one I've heard many times, she got her period. Oh, the poor thing. It's so unfair. Such disgusting things us women have to go through. And look, what surprises me is that oftentimes these comments come from women who are really confident, really empowered women. So it's always surprising to me. My question is, 
Why are we so repulsed, awkward and uncomfortable with this topic? Myself at times included, I'll be honest. However, inspired by Ali, I actually pledge to be more open about the topic from here on. I pledge to make my students feel confident, empowered and unashamed. I started this thought process last year, but this year, I'll admit, I'm ramping it up. If you're a ballet teacher listening to this, I'd love you to consider making the same pledge too. During our conversation, Ali discusses ways that we can do this as teachers and as parents and as a community. And for all my beautiful young ladies out there who are challenged with wearing extremely tight and often pastel coloured clothes during your period, I hope this conversation helps you navigate the intricacies of dealing with periods as a dancer. But most importantly, I hope this conversation helps you realise that you're not dealing with your period. You're traversing the very normal and somewhat beautiful bodily function of being a woman. Ali shares her story. I share mine. And hopefully through our less than desirable experiences, we can help the next generation of young dancers and inspire conversations between mothers and daughters Because I know a lot of you listen to this podcast in the car together, or as Ali says, hopefully this even inspires conversations between father and daughter, grandma and granddaughter, or friend to friend. I'll be honest, half my battle was trying to find someone within my industry willing to even have this conversation with me. I was even going to do a solo episode, but just before I gave up finding someone, I was scrolling through Instagram and came across Ali, who I've been following for almost eight years. How had I not thought of her before? She is the perfect person with a background in competitive dance and a story similar to my exit from the professional dance scene. Ali has created a beautiful community through her work. Girlvana Yoga, Lady Vana Retreats, Lululemon Global Ambassadorship and Yoga Teaching. Ali is also currently writing her first book and I tell you what, I am buying multiple copies the moment it's released. This woman is exceptional and what she's doing for young girls in the yoga scene, I want to do for the ballet scene and I think I have a bit of an uphill battle but like I said, I've publicly taken a pledge now so let's see what happens. Now, towards the end of the interview, Ali and I both mentioned that we reclaimed our body confidence through various other practices outside the dance world. Now, wouldn't it be nice if we had have been able to do that in the dance world? So just a reminder, in case you've forgotten, this is part of why the Balanced Ballerina's brand, conversation, retreats and content exists. As always... Another conversation with another amazing human being with the intention of bringing us one step closer to balance. Thank you so much. I think you are just like the perfect person to have this conversation with. Um, I was thinking before we started that in this chat, like I'm probably going to say the word period more than I ever have in my entire life. (laughs) But I find that really strange and because it's like a really normal part of our lives as women and yet like we still have such a stigma and an an uncomfortableness when we're talking about periods and and even me just saying that in this you know however long we chat for half an hour like the fact that I'm probably going to say that word more than I have in my entire life I think that's kind of (laughs) sad do you know what I mean 
Absolutely. It, it feels still so stigmatized and such a taboo. It feels dirty. It feels uncomfortable. And it really shouldn't be that way because it's such a natural thing. But I absolutely, yeah, honor that that's the way it can feel for most of us. I know. And I think it's a really important topic to cover, like, um, because the, the listeners of this podcast predominantly are younger women or, um, you know, tweens that are like growing up and they're growing up in the tightest of outfits, <laughs> a leotard, mm-hmm. um, in the lightest color ever. Hello, baby pink and white. And, um, and then they're expected to deal with their period. And the reason why, I really wanted to talk about it on the podcast and I have been wanting to talk about this for a while. I just needed to find the perfect person <laughs> to do it with um, is because I find even just within my own ballet studio, the parents and the students, they come in and like, say, say, say one of them gets their period for the first time and they either don't come to class, which I completely respect, but they don't come to class because they come they don't come because they're embarrassed and they're ashamed and they're like oh my gosh what's going on and then the next time they come in their mum comes in and she's all sheepish and whispering oh she got her period and I'm like oh no big deal all good I'll have a chat to her about you know like she's more than welcome to wear shorts and you know if she if that makes her feel comfortable or you know like it's um I just want everyone to be more relaxed about the subject, I guess. And so hopefully after listening to this episode, they, they relax and realize that it's part of life. And, and anyway, so what I wanted, that's, that's where we're going to go today, but I wanted first you to let everybody know um, about your amazing work and with Govana and, and how you are in this realm now of, I pledge to talk about periods. (laughs) Yeah, I um so for me, I even when you were just explaining, you know, that scenario of a mom coming into the dance studio and, you know, saying, "Oh, she's gotten her period." I grew up dancing. So I grew up as a competitive dancer. Um and, you know, jazz, ballet, tap, hip hop, modern, I used to do it all. And I remember the first time I got my period and it was at a dress rehearsal for my dance recital in my pink tights. And I just remember how mortifying I felt and how I didn't want to tell anyone. Meanwhile, I'm surrounded by young women that are going through the same thing, but I just remember how much shame I felt in that moment. And um, you know, Girlvana, the work that I do with teenagers all sort of sp- sp- kind of came from this place of um, how could I support that young person that I was at that age um, with conversation, with inspiration, with mentorship, with movement. And so it was Girlvana for me is really a combination of all of those things and really vowing to have the real conversations and not dance around them. Yes. <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, Because I think for me growing up, and this is why I so love what you're doing. I think for me growing up, I I didn't feel safe talking to my dance teachers. You know, it was more about winning or more about, you know, getting a high mark on a ballet exam or being in the front row or being cast for something. It felt highly competitive, highly comparative. And I just didn't feel like it bred a sense of community, a sense of, um, you know, compassion for one another. And so I set out to do that with a different type of movement and for me that's yoga I love it and um 
And so I, I can I delve a little bit deeper into, so do you remember the details of, you know, when you got your first period and you were dancing, like what, what happened around that? What, what, did you have a discussion with your teacher? Did you just walk in with shorts one day? What, what, like over your leotard or, or let's go a little bit deeper there. Yeah, Cause I, I think give the details for the. For totally. The- and, and there's a really important detail here that I, I want to say. So I was 14. So, and I grew up in Canada. So that was in grade nine and I was at a dress rehearsal for our recital and I was wearing, um, thankfully, um, it was like a maroon <laughs> colored, um, like leotard velvet. So that worked out well. Um, but I remember going into the bathroom to change and, I remember thinking, oh, is this my period? Because no one told me that the blood was brown. (laughs) I thought it was going to be, you know, and I was so freaked out probably from age like 11 to 14 that when you got your period, it was like going to be this bright red blood that was just going to like gush through your ballet tights in the middle of the bar. Um, So I actually... So I actually didn't understand, I didn't know if that's what it was because it was sort of, you know, it was a brownish kind of color. It wasn't very much. Um, So there was a bit of like, is this my period? Is this not my period? And I was too embarrassed to say that to anyone or to ask. I just felt almost like stupid, ashamed. And so there was like, I remember there being tampons, um, you know, in the rehearsal space. And I just was in the bathroom figuring it out by myself. It was like one of those like dry Tampax junior tampons, um, you know, and I just figured it out and, and then went on with it, went on with my day. And then I went home that I think maybe two days later, I told my mom and I wrote, cause I stole all the tampons from the rehearsal space. And I wrote my mom a letter and I said, dear mom, I got my period. It's not a big deal. Don't ask me about it and don't tell dad. And then I think I like went to my friend's house because I just, <laughs> I'm so sad thinking about it. But I really was, I don't know. I just didn't want to talk about it. And I was like, I can figure it out on my own. Um, and I just felt, um, you know, a loss of innocence too. It was like something had changed in me and you can't go back from there. So it felt um, a bit tumultuous, truthfully. I love that you wrote your mom a letter. That's so cute. <laughs> and I was like very specific. Don't talk to me about it and don't tell dad. <laughs> oh my God. I used to write my mom letters all the time too. There was, there's something about writing a letter as opposed to saying it face to face. That's just so much easier. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and it's still, I mean, it's with Girlvana, so much of the work that we do is actually journaling because I think that there's so much we can get um, accomplished and work through with, with writing. It's still a big tool for me in my life. So, um, but that, at that time, I just, I don't know. I just didn't want to talk about it. It felt, it just felt, I don't know somehow humiliating which is so funny because it's something we all go through definitely I um I had a very uh different and very traumatizing experience around periods when I was younger so when I was at a a full-time dance school about that 13 14 15 age everyone saw it as a sign of 
you were too like getting too heavy and too fat and so there was this big like stigma attached to if you got your period well that means you're over a certain weight and uh not skinny enough to be a ballerina it was ridiculous it was awful Uh, it gives me like it makes me feel sick to my stomach but i i do remember that narrative being there especially for you know i mean eating disorders are sort of you know sometimes linked hand in hand with with you know the highly competitive or highly trained dance scene and um you know if your body a lot of girls lose their period which is something i did go through um which we can talk about but um just that association with weight um you know your period is a sign of health and balance in your body. And that's so important for us to know. And when we lose our period or we're not getting our period, um, that that's something to, to be aware of. But I, I yeah, I just hate that that was uh, the narrative that existed for you. I know it was, it was just awful. And that's another reason why I really just wanted to have this conversation because there, you know, there's so many little ballerinas at that elite level. And, you know, um, if you listen to this podcast, which is really nice, but I just want them to know that it is normal. And I mean, with my story, I was in Melbourne by myself, my parents, I, I, traveled down there by myself without my parents so that that in itself was really hard but it was really easy to hide things too mm-hmm. so I remember getting, and actually how funny is that really similar to you I, I got what I thought I think I was like oh is this my period I'm not really sure um <laughs> at about at about probably 15 16 I can't remember it would have been 15 or 16 but because everyone in my group you know, was talking about it and, oh, well, you know, if you're over 40 kilos, like that means you're getting your period and that means you're too heavy and blah, 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 blah. I didn't tell my mom and I didn't tell anyone because I thought I already had major body image issues <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And so then that spiraled into all sorts of like abuse to my own body in regards to like purging and binging and whatnot. And, and I actually then didn't see my period again until I was 18. Right. <laughs> so I just think that oh it's just such an important conversation yeah it really is and I think it's important to to talk about those dynamics that exist around um you know weight and body image and what these things mean because I I lost my period later I was in my my early 20s and that definitely was was um coming from a place of eating disorder not having enough fat on my body and not enough estrogen to produce a period and I think that there was a you know a sick part of me that felt um like it was something to be proud of. Yeah. I like, which is so crazy now because I've healed a lot of, you know, that timeline of my life. But, you know, to look at that um, and think, well, you know, okay, well, I've lost my period. That must mean, you know, I'm, I'm thin enough. And I think um, now what that gave me when I lost my period and then it finally came back, that was a big transition in my life to go, okay, I really want to take care of myself. I really want my period. I want my body to do the thing it's supposed to be doing. Um, and then looking at it now for me, and this is why I'm passionate about the period conversation of how we can actually really take care of ourselves and have our bodies natural rhythms and cycles really work for us and you know when we get our periods every month or or you know it's not 
always consistent and I recognize that. But when it does come, it's actually a call for us to really slow down and to take care of ourselves. So it's it's a beautiful tool for us to utilize, but we don't have any information. You know, we're just conditioned to think period is bad. It's a curse. It's a pain. It's all of these things. And I think if, if there's something we can really change about that conversation, and that's really what I'm passionate about. Definitely. And I guess what's really difficult in my industry is, is if as a teacher, you don't have the lines of communication open, how is a student able to, you know, or if their parent is sort of shaming the idea of a period, how is then the student comfortable to come up to me and go, Hey, Miss Georgia, um, I've got my period. I'm just feeling really low on energy. You know, just if you see me taking it easy in class today, that's why. Yeah. And I would love a student to come up to me and say that. Yeah. So how how do we get, I think, first of all, how do we get the parent to make sure that there's no shame around the idea and let's stop, you know, how do we get them to stop coming in and whispering to me that their child has their period? Like, where do we begin? What is, what's your thought? I know it's so tricky because I think, you know, as, as a mother or as a parent, it really starts with destigmatizing it at home, you know, to make it feel like it's not this awful, you know, thing that needs to be whispered about. I think it's having a real conversation with your child before they get their period, just to give them a little heads up. Here's what it could look like. Here's what it could feel like. You know, here are supplies underneath the cabinet if you need them come talk to me um, if you need support. And it, I think it really comes from the family. And then if we don't have that in the family, then I think it comes from us, you and I, as as leaders with our young people saying, you know, um, I, I, ta- I still taught dance um, in my early 20s when I was teaching yoga. And I really had that um, available in my classes too. It was like, here's what a period is. Come talk to me. So I think that's our, our role as well in our, within our communities as leaders to, to be those mentors and to have, be able to have these conversations if parents can't have them. Um, But sometimes it's tricky, you know, we don't know what's happening at home and we don't know the narrative that they're getting. But I think for us as teachers is to just stay so open with with that conversation. I mean, my life would have been so different if my ballet teacher would have said, you know, hey, everyone, this is what a period is. If you get yours, come talk to me. If you want to put a pair of shorts on, great. You want to, you know, take it easy, honor yourself. I mean, I, I just, I don't even know what that would have been like. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it doesn't happen often in my industry. (laughs) And so because, because I know that lots of, which is really beautiful, lots of mothers and daughters, I've, I get so many messages from mums and daughters who sit in the car and listen to the podcast on the way to ballet. So I think even that's fantastic because possibly this conversation that the daughter might be uncomfortable having with the mum or the mum might be uncomfortable having with the daughter. I just want them to put this episode on. And then possibly then a conversation starts from it in the car in that safe space. So that's that would be good. That would be my wish. But I then also It's totally my wish. And I think um, part of Girlvana for me and why I think mentorship is so important is that I recognize that, you know, teens sometimes don't want to have certain conversations with their parents and, and I'm happy to, you know, be another person in their life they could come to. And, and I felt that way growing up too. I mean, there were certain things I didn't want to say to my mom, but you know, I, I wish I could have said to my, my dance teacher. And I really, I valued what my dance teacher thought so much. I mean, that was like the center of my universe. 
course. And, and um, I think that if there was just a bit more of mindfulness and a holistic approach to the way I viewed my body, my relationship to my body would have been so different. I mean, it's taken me years to come to a place with my body to, to honor it, to take care of myself, to, um, you know, rest when I need to rest, to not push myself, to not compare myself. Um, so it really starts with, you know, I think having someone to model that for us. And I, I, I know that that's what you're doing um, with your students, which I just think is so incredible. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> you are. And it's amazing. You're doing such an amazing job. In regards to teachers, like what, what advice would you sort of give um, beyond things like, um, I know that I randomly will tell the girls in the middle of class when I've got 25 of them in the room, hey, just a heads up, remember there's tampons and pads and stuff in the, in the bathroom if you need them um, and, you know, they're there. And, and just, and they all go, oh, and have a little giggle. Um, <laughs> but, beyond, but beyond that, what as teachers can we do to make them feel more comfortable? Yeah, I think it's always really nice to have supplies. I'm really grateful that, you know, where I was at in the theater at my dress rehearsal, that they were available to me, that that took out some of the, the nervousness and shame I felt that I could access them. But I think if I would have had a dance teacher or this, or just as a note for other dance teachers to say, and if you have any questions, come and ask me. And I know this can feel a little bit uncomfortable or um, embarrassing, but there's nothing to be embarrassed about. We get our periods. It's part of life. And so come talk to me. I think just having a window, you know, like leaving, just leaving that there and maybe no one will come and ever have a conversation with you. But I think that, it, I think that, you know, you'd be surprised when you really leave that door open to, to have someone come talk to you after class. And it happens to us, um, you know, on, we do a girl van, a yoga retreat. So we take teenagers away for a, a week long yoga retreat um, in a beautiful place. And we've over the last 10 years, I've had girls get their periods. And I think it's the best place to get your period surrounded by other like-minded young people that are there to practice yoga and meditation. And um, it's just, such a nice way to 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 kind of come into your period is having the right information and and also to be to celebrate it it's a beautiful magical thing um and so I think that from the beginning when girls are getting their periods if we can really give that narrative instead of the whisper narrative and the pretend narrative um it can change this conversation yeah definitely I remember one particular student in one of my classes she she was looking a bit awkward and a bit funny up the back and and I was thinking oh I wonder what's wrong and then it clicked and I was like oh I think she's you know she may have got a period and and I and I and I literally just said to the group they're all about 14 15 and I said has anyone got a tampon <laughs> I said and I knew that we had some in the in the bathroom but I was like can it you know can anyone help us out here or whatnot and and they all went oh okay and then I had a bit of a chat to them and I just said like Guys, we all go through this and and you want to be the person with the spare pair of tights and a tampon in your bag, you know, be the cool girl that, that you know, your feel like you can go up to. And and it's really funny now they all carry bits and pieces in their bags as a sign of like helping each other out, but then they also have all the bits and pieces that they need so they don't actually have to ask anyone. I love it. I mean, it's about being prepared. And I also think it's the onus on some of the older dancers too that have been through it 
Um, I think, you know, I remember growing up in my dance studio and even anyone that was one year older than me or two years older than me, it was like, those were the coolest girls around. And um, I think that they could really, you know, serve as a, as a, as a role model as well, just to be prepared to, to help, to answer questions. And then I also think that, you know, there, there are things that are becoming more innovative. I don't know if this brand extends um, into Australia, but there's a brand called Thinks, which is T-H-I-N-X. Um, and it's a period... It's a period panty and they have a younger brand too. Um, so it's sort of more of like a tween kind of brand and they come in all different um, styles, but they have, um, it's fully absorbent. So that some of the underwear absorbs up to anywhere from one to three tampons worth of blood. And they make leotards and unitards and all of these different things. Um, and so for me, when I'm teach, I'm not in ballet tights anymore, but I'm in yoga tights all the time. Um, and I wear their, they have a thong style um, that I wear under my yoga tights. And that for me is really great backup, just so I know that when I'm teaching in front of lots of people that I'm not going to be leaking through my yoga tights. And so I think that the, the period products are starting to innovate a little bit more than what you know probably you and I grew up with um and, and beyond even tampons looking at period or menstrual cups and and there's just a lot of options so I think if we can keep opening up these conversations in terms of what's available to support our periods um you know even looking at cramps looking at how essential oils can support cramps and um there's just so many things now that I use for my body that I had no idea that existed did when I was young I um I just did a quick google search and I'm yeah I'm 99% positive you can get them in Australia so mm. um I think Sundays so yeah because I was going to ask you about that and I really did want to get quite detailed into this because it's you yeah, know nice yeah. to be like hey everyone be positive about your period but then the child's like what do I do <laughs> do you know what I mean so yes you know I mean personally at my studio, it, um, students, if they've got their period, they're allowed to wear black, you know, shorts um, over their leotard to make them feel more comfortable. Um, even though to me, I, it's not a big deal if they were to bleed through their leotard or, or have anything on their tights, but it makes them feel more comfortable. Um, but I know that there's a lot of studios where, you know, perhaps, you know, they've got great um, great skill sets, but they don't, you know, they're not o as open to the students wearing warm up clothes over or, you know, talking to their teacher. So, with those particular students, I mean, personally, I would find it really uncomfortable wearing a pad and I'd definitely go, you know, for a tampon, but then that's really difficult with, with some girls. Um, so, we've got things, undies which yeah. they could wear. Things come in like a thong. Like I'm just, I'm literally trying to think like when you got a leotard on, like, do they come yeah. in or is it like more they of a come fabric? In a thong. Yeah, they come in a thong and that's what I wear um, under my yoga tights. Um, so yeah, those are really great. And then they have um, a leotard, like they have a bodysuit. And I mean, again, I grew up with like only pink tights and a navy blue bodysuit. That's all we were allowed to wear, no warm ups. And so um, wearing an, uh, you know, a period leotard would not be, would not fly, but um, you know, 
to wear that just to as a it, it uh, it's absorbed and so what's interesting about these these underwear is that people think oh well it's like a pad like it'll feel heavy and it and you'll feel like you're sitting in wetness and it's not that at all it fully absorbs um it doesn't smell it doesn't you're not sitting in wetness and you just wash them like you would any other regular laundry um you just throw them in the wash and they have literally changed my life um wow. and I that they have a tweet like a kind of preteen brand i'm not sure if there's a thong in the preteen brand but um i think for young dance they really should this is a big market for young dancers to have something that they can wear just to have that little bit of support and i for one have a heavier period and so um sometimes i'll wear my period panties as a backup and then have a tampon or a cup in just you know, you just never know what's going to happen. So I like to have um, to wear both on my heavier days just to be able to, to, you know, feel confident. <laughs> yeah. There, have things realized there's a big market here for dancers? <laughs> As I'm saying this, I'm like, I need to send them an email. They're, they're, it's just, it's great technology. This woman, Mickey Agrawal is the founder. I, I found out about it years ago. We spoke at a, the, the same event and um, I just think it's a brilliant idea. I think there's one other brand called Nixwear, K-N-I-X wear. Um, so I think that there's other companies starting to pop up around this, but um, just to not have to wear a heavy pad. And it's also when you're dancing, you're, you're, you're working out, you're sweating, you, you probably don't want something like a plasticky kind of like liner or pad. So this feels a lot more natural. Um, so that would be one of my recommendations for sure. Um, and then in terms of the menstrual cup, there's a lot now in the market. It used to only be Diva Cup. Um, I use a cup I have for years. Sometimes they're a bit tricky. Like it's really, you have to be really comfortable with getting, you know, your, your, um, that cup inside of you. And I think that can be a little bit intimidating, but the reason why I like the menstrual cup is it's just so much better for our environment because tampons and pads do create a lot of waste. And so with the cup, you're just folding it, inserting it, um, and then it creates a seal. And so um, you bleed into the cup and then you can take the cup out, dump the blood, give it a little rinse and then reinsert it. Um, and I think that's one of that's a really great option to a just become comfortable with your body because it is your body. You can touch yourself; it's your body, and 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 it connects you more to what's going on. And then you can also see how much you're bleeding, and and you know I think it's a good way to stay connected to yourself. Um, and then you're not creating any any waste, which I think is really powerful. Um, given given um, you know what the current cri uh, climate crisis. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, um, no, I've never used a cup, but I've got a friend that swear buys them. Um, yeah. I can see from like a, like a tween perspective, how it could possibly be a bit like daunting, <laughs> but I think, um, but I think the, the thing Sundays for parents out there to gosh, stack up on, a, you know, a pair or two of those. And that's a great introduction or even the parent, give it a go yourself so that you know how they work. And then, and then, you know, buy your tween a pair and be like, these are your yeah. special undies. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I make about it. <laughs> totally. And then I think, too, if you're looking at, you know, purchasing tampons and pads, um, looking for organic cotton. You know, some of the research that I've done over the last few years and really understanding, um, you know, in, in a lot of our tampons, there's a lot of, um, because the cotton is bleached, um, there can be a lot of chemicals within um, some of the the 
products that we use. And, um, you know, you're, you're placing something in such a vulnerable area and that tissue is really absorbing. And so I think, you know, if we can and where we can looking for some more organic alternatives, you know, because over the course of our lives, we're going to be using so many of these products. And so I think it's always being conscious of what we're putting, you know, inside or near our body is really important too. Definitely. Um, yeah, I always try um, to purchase organic cotton because it is, it's such a, like you said, a very absorbent and very vulnerable place of your, in your body and you don't want to put chemicals up there. Yeah, it, it's, it's, um, I, I don't know, I never, ever thought of it until uh, you know, a few years ago. And then all of a sudden I was like, this doesn't feel like what we should be doing. And I think, you know, the, the challenging part of this conversation is, is that, um, you know, sometimes it's expensive, more expensive to buy organic, or we just don't have enough of the information. It's kind of like you go to the store, you, you know, pick whatever box and you take it. And then, you know, it's kind of like you run out of there. Um, so I think having a little bit more information and looking and really doing our research, um, because it's, it's, we only have one body, you know, and we really want to take care of it. Definitely. I, um, yeah, I think there's some really useful information there for, for both parents and students. And, and I, I just, oh, it would make me so happy if this conversation is inspiring conversations in the car between mother and daughters. Like that would just, oh, that would be, mean the world to me. <laughs> Our fathers and daughters or whoever needs to have this conversation. I think the biggest thing for me is, is just to know that it's, it's natural. It's a sign of health and balance within your body. And I think when we can really take care of ourselves, especially when we're bleeding. So when we have our period, um, the period, if the period were a season, it would be like winter. And so you want to keep yourself warm. You want to rest a little bit more. You want to really, it's a bit more of an internal time to take care of yourself. Um, and then when you finish your period, it's more like spring and summer and the energy comes back. And then as we start to go that week before the period where the PMS or the cramps start to happen is more like fall. And so our body says again, time to slow down. So what's really beautiful about the, the menstrual cycle is that it is a cycle. And so you'll notice that sometimes you have more energy and sometimes you have less energy and to just really honor that it's okay to rest if you need to rest and when you take that rest what ends up happening is that we actually have more energy we actually can you know train harder work harder um if we can really take that time it's it's unrealistic i think to be always 100 on top of our game because we're losing iron when we're bleeding and and the body is working extra hard and so whatever we can do just to support it a little bit more is really really important i love that i love the description with the seasons that's beautiful yeah, it's it's really interesting and it's um I I hopefully my book will be out this year. I've I've been writing this book about all of these different things as it pertains to teenage girls and um that's a whole chapter is really just talking about our periods and looking at um our bodies as as seasons and I think um you know, I have my period right now. It's winter time. I'm drinking my tea, I'm keeping my feet warm and I'm not as practicing as vigorously as I would with my yoga practice. I'm going to bed a little earlier and that really sets me up for the rest of the month to to kind of restore my energy levels so that you know it's I can really hit the ground running when it's time and that's really helped keep me healthy I was going to ask you about your impending book because I will definitely buy multiple copies and I will make sure that oh, everyone within my community gets a copy because it's 
I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and I need to come and see you guys. I think that'll be a part of, you know, the book tour is coming and, and maybe doing a workshop or connecting with you in some way. If you come um, to Australia, I'm going to make sure that I do some kind of Balanced Ballerinas workshop with you because I just, I have watched you from afar for such a long time and I just so respect your work with young women and even though I also have male students you know being in the dance world you know they're few and far between and and um and so predominantly my work is with tweens and teens and I just look to you really as for you know for inspiration on different topics and so like thank you so much <laughs> oh thank you and honestly I I mean it when I say my life would have been so different if I had a teacher a mentor a leader um that cared in the way that, that you do. And I think it's, you know, again, it's changing the narrative for these young dancers. And and we have to learn at a, at a young age that our bodies are valuable and, and, and we need to learn how to take care of ourselves in order to sustain and, and care for ourselves. And so this idea of being balanced um, at a young age as a, as a ballet dancer, I think is, is, wildly revolutionary which is crazy um but i just think for so long the history of it is just hasn't been that way um and so and but i think that's why girl vanna was created because I, I created something that i and i'm sure for you too why you do what you do we create what we didn't have um yeah because there is a different way. And so the book for me was a way to crystallize some of that knowledge. And so um, it's still an editing phase, but I think it's going to be fall 2020 or spring 2021. Um, and yeah, just lots of really great information in there about periods, about uh, just navigating the coming of age for a young, a young woman and, and what it is to find our value outside of what society tells us to be. It's really about the remembering of, you know, who were we before the world told us who to be and really reclaiming um, all of what makes us unique. And if that means that you have a different body size than what you see represented, if that means that, you know, your sexuality or however you, you choose to identify in this world, um, just to really find value in who you are and in your uniqueness. And I think I grew up, seeing and hearing there was only really one way to be and it's just not true so how can we embrace who we are and you know when I look at dance I think I'm for me it was about the expression and not just about um you know the winning or the um it was about community more so than the comparison. Um, and I think I missed some of those big points in there. I think I was just so consumed and caught up. And I, um, if I could go back and do it all over again as a young dancer, I would just enjoy myself and express myself versus needing to impress. Um, and so I think that is just so key for, for the young ones to learn that now, because otherwise you, you have to spend <laughs> your 20s trying to figure all that out and unpack it all. <laughs> definitely definitely I um I couldn't agree more and um I actually heard you say that as a dancer you felt like um here's my body for your enjoyment and that association with it and I can totally relate I mean there's so many pivotal moments in my you know my pre-professional dance life where I felt like my body was just there for others to critique and that was my job yeah. And I remember being like at a very prominent uh, nationally recognized audition that was being filmed for TV. And after my performance, that judge actually looked at me and said, 
nothing about my actual performance. He goes, look at your calves. They're so overdeveloped and big. Why is that? And I think he was trying to get a reaction and it was just really disgusting. And I've never felt more, I guess, vulnerable in like a negative way and afraid and embarrassed and, you know, just all the things. And I feel like there's been so many little moments like that when I was growing up in the dance world that really crushed my body positivity. And maybe that's why through Balance Ballerinas, I'm just so for body positivity and making sure that everyone reclaims that sense of pride in themselves and mm-hmm. and it's it's really um refreshing to have people like yourself too that that were in that dance world and understand what that's like you know being in front of a mirror all day every day and and I mean I before I let you go I just wanted to know what how, how you went from feeling like your body was there for everyone else's enjoyment to what you are today yeah, I mean, oh, that story gives me chills and I feel like I have I have a couple <laughs> stories that, you know, are 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 so similar. Um and I think that the the reclamation of my own physical body really um yoga really helped that and I think I remember um actually like very vividly being in my first yoga class and the I was moving my body, which I knew how to move my body very well from dancing, but I was moving my body in this yoga class and I could keep hearing the teacher say things like, you know, honor your body, you know, don't push, listen to where the edge is and back off if it feels intense or, and so there was a, there was a dialogue going on there that I was like, wait, what? I don't push or, you know, this is just about you and your body. So yoga really taught me like, okay, well, what's, how does my body actually feel? Cause I think for so many years I was numb to that because if I was injured, it would have meant maybe I would have to sit out. Maybe I couldn't perform. Maybe I couldn't compete. Maybe I'd have to give up a role or a job. And so I learned how to turn off my intuition around my body to survive <laughs> as a dancer. And I think that yoga really helped me reclaim that. I was like, okay, well, how does my hip feel like in, you know, in this yoga pose? Okay, maybe I I, I can back off and no one's going to judge me for, you know, taking child's pose or or lying down or relaxing and refinding my breath. And so um, that was a big part of, of that. And then yoga really led me to feel, you know, strong, really strongly about feminism and really seeing how the way we view our bodies really is political because, you know, a young woman, and I say this often, when a young woman feels feels powerful in her body where she's moving it in a way that feels good and expressive for her, but isn't about performing for someone else to get something. Um, it's an act of revolution or rebellion or resistance. And I think, um, there was just something about the listening of what's going on for me um, really changed it for me. And then movement for me became really sacred. It was like, oh, okay, how can I move in a way that that feels good? And that's, that's for me. And it, it really personalized it. Um, and I, I wish that I, it's a part of Girl Vanna's, I wish that I had that aspect as a dancer, because I think I probably would have stayed dancing a lot longer. And I have friends that are in the industry in their 30s that are wildly successful um, and and have really learned how to partner that sacredness, that that deep taking care of and still exist within the industry. Definitely. Um, how old were you when you started your yoga practice? I was around 19 or 20. And 
It actually came from, a, I had moved home from Los Angeles. Um, I had moved to LA to, I signed with an agent and I was at these big cattle call auditions. And at that point I was really focused on, um, you know, being a tour dancer, being like a, you know, in a music video. I was like very much on that kind of commercial dance route. I danced in lots of movies and videos and things like that. Um, and I had moved home from LA because I knew I wasn't well. I was dealing with a lot of binging, purging behavior in my eating. And um, I I was injured. I had a really bad pneumonia. Like I was just so run down. And um, that healing process for me as I was getting better physically, um, I just showed up at a yoga class. And you know why? And it's so funny because I get asked, how did you discover yoga? Um, the answer is I was terrified that I was going to gain weight and that I would lose my flexibility. And I knew I wasn't ready to go back to dance yet. So I went to yoga for purely vanity reasons. Um, and then it changed everything for me. And the practice for me is so much more spiritual and, and really less of the physical, but it really came from a place of fear. Um, because I sort of have had been conditioned my whole life that if I wasn't training and if I wasn't moving, that I was, you know, going to get behind or fat or all these different things. And, um, thankfully I found yoga and, 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 you know, started to dissolve a lot of those beliefs that I had about myself and my body. Definitely. Um, it's, it's really funny. I, um, similar to you, young twenties is only when I feel like I started to, I guess, reclaim my own body. Um, I didn't do it through yoga though. I actually did it through CrossFit. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, I, I started doing CrossFit and, and I, all of a sudden, you know, there's no mirrors in a CrossFit gym and, and it was very like celebrated to be strong and to be able to lift things and run and jump. And, and I just felt my confidence grow with every class that I did. And like, whilst I don't do CrossFit anymore, I do thank it for helping me through that messiness. Mm. Um, and the thing is that like, I, we both absolutely love dance when we were younger. And I mean, I, do today and I'm and I know that you do as well but it would have been really nice to have found that within the dance studio do you know what I mean and so I just love I love ballet so much and the only problem with it I find is that I want it to be a space where it doesn't have all these um oh, you know exactly what I'm trying to say. I, I just love it so much that I feel like it does sometimes break people if they're in the wrong environment with the wrong teacher. I, I agree. And it, it broke me. And I, I recently did an interview for one of my girl Vanna girls, who's a highly competitive dancer. She's like my little mini me. She's 17 and she yeah. wants to move to LA and do all the things. And so I was writing, it was a written interview for something she's submitting and, and kind of, I've already touched on this a little bit, but for me, it was like, um, you know, my advice for a young dancer was, you know, make it, it's about to express, not to impress. And I, I think I had those backwards <laughs> for sure. Um, and it was more, I wish it was, a. I would have focused more on the community versus the comparison because it was so hard to be pitted against my best friends in competition or for roles and things like that. Um, or just for the front row or whatever it was. So, but really focusing on, I mean, my dance friends were also my, that's who I wanted to hang out with. We had the best of times, but um, I think if I would have focused more on the community versus the comparison um, and then the expression of it, because that's why I love dance. I love dance so much. And I think if, in, instead of it being for someone else for to, to keep it about you. And then, and then I think that 
then it becomes fun again, you know, and I, I still keep dance in my life. And even when girls come away for the girl Vanna retreat, I teach full dance routines <laughs> in the evening. Like I think the the way to move your body is so, so important. Um, but I, I think if, if younger people could be introduced to those ideas earlier, um, and then just to really bring the fun element into it, because when it gets so serious at 13 or 14 and, and, you know, you miss out on, on some stuff for sure. Definitely. And, um, no, I, yeah, I love that. And it's, it's funny that the dance teachers that probably do need to listen to this conversation won't, but then, <laughs> right. the, yeah, but then the ones that do listen to this and all the beautiful, um, ballet teachers that I know are BB podcast listeners, like to all of them, like just keep going, keep doing what we're doing. And, and hopefully one day it, it you know, is a bit more mainstream within our industry. And yeah, that would be my wish. <laughs> That's my wish too. And I, I, I think that for all the dance teachers out there listening is, is really don't doubt your, your impact. You know, I still can remember, um, you know, like a look my dance teacher gave me that could crush me or our flippant comment, like, you know, our young minds at that time are, are so precious and open and, and we love our dance teachers and, and, and we want to be good for our dance teachers. And so, you know, being in that place of leadership is something to take, you know, to heart and take seriously that you're, you're molding, um, not just these young bodies, but these young minds and these young hearts. And we need to look at our young people holistically and not just for the, the physicality of it. So, um, and there's so many ways to do that. And it really just comes from the way you model it. So being, being comfortable with talking about your period will, will allow young people to feel that, you know, you being, um, compassionate towards yourself and not pushing yourself, you get to model that, you know, we really respond to action and, and embodiment. And I say this to the parents too, versus what you tell your kid, because you can tell your kid, love yourself. And this is something for me when I started Girl Van, I was like, well, I just want teenagers to love themselves. But I was still really struggling and being at war with myself. So the work wasn't fully there yet. I really had to practice these tools. I really had to be that. I had to walk my walk. So that's sort of my my advice um, to parents and to teachers and leaders alike that work with young people. They're watching what you do, not necessarily listening to what you say. Definitely. Um it's so special being a girl, isn't it? A woman, but it can be incredibly challenging. And uh, look, we don't always feel safe in many spaces and society's constantly telling us that we should hate ourselves and buy things to make ourselves feel better. And and I just think the more that, like you said, it lead by example and the more that we can empower women through yoga or ballet or movement or whatever it is, um, the better. And we're just so fortunate to have people like you leading the way. So thank you so much, Alex, for this conversation. It is my absolute pleasure and I feel the exact same way about you. It makes me so happy to know the work that you're doing in the world. Oh, thank you, Alex. And um, I'm definitely going to grab you if you come to Australia on your book tour. And, oh, I just, that would be a dream come true. (laughs) Put it out into the universe and uh, I know it'll happen. Definitely. Firstly, thank you so much for not skipping over this episode. It is such an important topic and I'd love to hear from you if you found it valuable or if you were listening in the car with your daughter or granddaughter, did it help? 
Did it inspire conversation? I would love to know. Now, Ali is as active on social media as me, so you can find her at Ali Maz, A-L-L-Y-M-A-Z. And as always, you can find me at The Balance Ballerina or at Balance Ballerinas for the podcast Instagram. Um, We would love to hear from you. If you enjoyed it, if you have any further ideas, please don't hesitate to contact. I really do truly hope that this episode provided some really useful and practical things to take away in conjunction with the deeper discussion about shame and navigating periods as a dancer. If you're a teacher and have any other ideas or practices that you do to achieve a more open culture when it comes to these things, then please get in contact and let me know. Personally, I'd love to have even more ideas and things that I can implement around the studio. So also, if you want to continue this discussion, um, you can always start by joining our private Balance Ballerinas Facebook group. Simply search Balance Ballerinas Community, click join, and I will be sure to approve you. It's a really safe space to continue this conversation. And if you'd like to discuss further, head over there. As always, I hope you have an amazing week and I hope this episode made your life just a little bit more balanced. And remember, there is absolutely nothing to be ashamed about when it comes to your period and your body. Love you all. Bye.